0: Before we get to our guest, I wanted to talk to you about something that's really important to me, which is privacy. Moving money around, moving information, sending messages in today's world with web 3.0 coming down the pike, privacy is very critical, especially to a journalist like myself. Utopia P2P is a complete privacy ecosystem. It's a 360-degree approach to privacy. It includes everything you need to move information or value around the world. It includes a encrypted messenger service, an email platform and cryptocurrency payment system. It's fully decentralized, so it's not on any main server. It's based on blockchain, so it's distributed. It has an unmatched level of security. It has a feature-rich toolkit on the system uh, that supports 28 languages, There's a very low barrier to entry, and it also supports Bitcoin and also their coin internally. So if you're looking for a way to move information and money around the world, where you don't want prying eyes uh, looking at what you're doing, go to Utopia P2P and have complete privacy on their system. And now let's get to our guest.
1: Okay. So today on American Conversations, we're really excited to have so- Sophia Carsons, who is a film and television actress who, uh, you were born in uh, Canada. Um, I was and then, there on,
2: <laughs> with everything going on there right now.
1: Well, let's th- start it off and talk about that because this morning uh, I interviewed the guys who had the idea and and are involved with the truckers against uh, the truckers across uh, Canada for freedom and they are the convoys are going you know from British Columbia all the way to Quebec from Nova Scotia to Quebec uh, to Ottawa, I'm sorry and they're they they are in fact going to stay there. they have they have said they're not going to leave James who's barter who started this said they're going to stay there to all of the mandates are lifted across Canada. They're joining forces with the American truckers that are going north um, to join them over there across the border. And he said, if they're successful, they're going to come here to America. So how do you feel as a Canadian coming off, uh, you know, the march to defeat mandates last Sunday?
2: Yeah, I. that's exactly the right question to ask. It's. It, I, uh, I felt a little homeless during this whole thing because I'm actually dual citizenship, uh, Canada and the U.S. And when the U.S. sort of, uh, it became a totalitarian state, I thought, well, Canada's my be, and then they were worse. <laughs> so I went, oh, okay, I have no country now. So the fact that in the same week we had the beautiful march in D.C., which was so inspiring and uh, historic, truly, and now this turnout in Canada, I've never been so proud to be a Canadian and an American, as it turns out, on the same week. So... It, it's really beautiful.
1: It, there's, there seems to be a turning of the tide now. And that's what I said to, to Mary Holland and people at uh, Children's Health Defense, uh, which you are associated with. You were telling me earlier that you sat, you sat next to Bobby Kennedy at a dinner in Los Angeles and, then, and you've got your own personal story of how you got into the movement. Sophia, share that with the audience because I think it's important for people to understand where everybody's coming from.
2: Sure. Uh, my mother, uh, was diagnosed with Lyme disease. Um, she, first, she wasn't diagnosed with Lyme disease, which anyone who struggles with Lyme disease understands that whole trajectory, which is trying to get diagnosis and all of the, you know, uh, just going up against the orthodoxy and going up against the system when you're in, when you're an advocate for someone. Um, and that, um, it's interesting for me i was trying to save my mother and i didn't realize that there are parents and i've heard this now just at, all the time from every parent that i speak with who is dealing with an autistic child or some, some sort of injury that they that you right. just described like to be a parent of an autistic child when i describe the absolute hell that I went through with her they're like yeah this is what we go through with our kids and so I wasn't really in that side of the fight I my entry point was my mother and then stuff wasn't making sense and then I was being actually blocked and turned away and would cover things for 250 other things, but if it's for Lyme disease, they won't cover it. You can't even really get properly tested. It's all of this bait and switch shell game stuff. And I went down the rabbit hole and I was like, oh, this isn't just Lyme disease. This is the medical orthodoxy across the board, which is designed like a Ponzi scheme in order to keep people in the allopathy system, in order to keep people sick, in order to keep people coming back every good drug dealer knows the real money's on the comeback. So COVID, we're not telling people to go get healthy and, you know, okay, guys, we don't know a lot about this, but we do know your immune system has its best chance. If you can lose the weight, if we can get rid of the obesity related comorbidities, if we can live, if we can lose all of this stuff, but how much money do you think those drug companies would lose if we did away with those illnesses on upon which people relied on those drugs? alone just diabetes heart disease copd the right. end that they're never going to advocate for that they're never going to incentivize that they're they're going to incentivize the other program so my entry point was my mother and lyme disease but it very quickly opened uh into you know a whole big world of it's all related and seemingly unrelated things are not unrelated um and that that uh, event actually it was a. Uh, an event in Anaheim and I had gone with my girlfriend. She was also a keynote speaker. Um, Bobby was a keynote speaker um, as well. And we started talking about this stuff. And uh, I realized that I wanted to be involved with children's health defense and fighting this fight because ultimately medical tyranny, whether it's your child or whether it's your parent or whether it is whomever it is that you are an advocate for, it is only going to get worse. If we don't stand up now, it's only going to get worse.
1: I agree with you. Um, my eyes were awoken, were really woke up when I was a child because my mother suffered from rheumatoid arthritis my entire life. I was the youngest in my family. So she had everything replaced. Some, some you know, hips and knees were, were twice. Her hands were crippled. And then when she was in the hospital about uh, 20 years ago to get her neck fused, they so screwed up that they had to amputate her lower left leg at the age of 79. And I took on Brigham's Women's Hospital in Boston. And I was a banshee from hell, scared the hell out of everybody, stole every portal of documentation, confronted the hospital and got their attention. And my father was so upset, he ended up having a heart attack. So I had two parents on different floors the entire time. And it it really, you, you learn very quickly what it is about um, advocacy. And then I met um, Laura Bono's son, Jackson, in April of 2021. And this child completely changed my life, shifted my paradigm on the context of what this is all about in terms of the, not just the medical malpractice, but the pharmaceutical malpractice. Now I wanna ask you something as a Canadian originally. Okay. How, do you know off the top of your head like we do here in America that that oh, almost 75% of Americans are on prescriptions do you know what the numbers are in Canada by any chance
2: i should know that i do not <laughs> but now i will make sure that i go research that i don't actually know the numbers out of canada um usually their their numbers are fairly at level with the you know Amer- when we say america we usually kind of mean them too it's the north, north america, america right right yeah so usually they're reflective, but I don't know that to be a fact. The person to ask that question would be Dr. Jessica Rose. She has a pretty good handle on uh, the US, Canada, and Israel in terms of those those that data.
1: All right, so, so were you, were you shocked? I mean, literally, I mean, I was flattened when I saw the sheep going to the cliff, thinking they were birds and they could fly in 2020. <laughs> I just I yeah. couldn't believe it, and and 2021 it's, was was astounding to me. Were you as shocked about the Canadians?
2: I was weirdly more shocked, and I shouldn't have been. But I it was the 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 phenomenon of these aren't the drugs you're looking for, and that it works, was a sh- absolute shock to me. And I and I don't mean to sound anti-American when I say this, but I was not surprised that Americans fell for this, and not so much because. Um, you know I, everybody likes to say oh the people are stupid and whatever no it's actually not that it has to do with experience you don't know what you're looking at if you haven't seen it the people mm-hmm. who are not confused with what's happening right now are people from eastern bloc people from china people from anywhere in the world south american countries that remember regimes anywhere in the world where they've seen what they've seen and you can't unsee that it's really only americans that first of all they're 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 We haven't seen that. And we also have Mm -hmm. been fed a lie by the media. And then they've poured concrete on that confirmation bias. So how would you know, if you grew up being told gravity didn't exist and you spend your whole life believing that gravity doesn't exist and your teachers and your doctors and the police and your parents and everybody, the good guys who you trust tell you that gravity doesn't exist and you go into adulthood and you step outside of that bubble somehow one day and you experience gravity for the first time, your first thought isn't, oh my God, we were wrong. We we need to reanalyze everything and start over. Your first thought is, oh my God, it's an anomaly. I need to climb back inside the bubble. That's just how human psychology works, especially if all you have is all you have and it's an echo chamber. How, how would you know what you're looking at? So. I do think that Americans tend to fall into that category. For some reason, and it may be the British uh, relationship, it may be, I don't know why, but Canadians tend to have a much more realistic view when it comes to looking at reality and seeing what's happening as it's what's happening. They don't tend to buy the bullshit when it comes down from media or whomever. And so I think that's why the Canadian side of this, and I'm telling you, they, it was worse. It wasn't, like I said, Canada was my plan B, because at least it's not as bad as here. Oh, no, apparently they're worse. So it just went off a cliff. And that shocked me. I was I was really stunned. So I do think there's, you know, some, listen, to, television's been our de facto education system in this country for 70 years. Uh, there's a lot of conditioning and a lot of program programming that can happen in that, in that uh medium and and in that amount of time so i don't discount that um but i i had a i I really wasn't feeling like there was a whole lot to the sort of mass hypnosis thing back when we were talking about it in 2020 and then the further along we got i went you know what (laughs) yeah that's what's happening there's just a weird you can show someone the the most credible expert data information whatever it is and they'll look at it and just it doesn't make any dent and it and and further the reaction is a psychological reaction that's interesting it's not a normal human reaction when you're confronted with a data point to scream and cry and put your hands in your ears and say i can i can't you need to die and you're what you know like that's not normal the, well, a lot, a
1: lot of pe- a lot of people are going to have a hard time when when the truth really surfaces and when <sighs> it really sinks in, it's going to be very hard for people to admit <clears throat> that they have been deceived or they deceive themselves. But they they will understand if we get to the tipping point of the corruption, and then right. they, they will know that it is intentionally done, and and well, that, that may wake that, people up more.
2: That is the important point that you just <laughs> nailed, and that's Really the crux of it all um the corruption the systemic crush corruption we can get rid of these politicians we can get rid of the fauci's and we can get rid of the days and we can get rid of the collins and we can get rid of all these people but it's cutting off the head of the hydra because ultimately it is the corrupt system that is designed to and continues to allow these individuals to come up and exploit it and that's where the bad things happen certainly the the architect of so much of what we're looking at is Tony Fauci. Um, Robert F. Kennedy's uh, book, The Real Anthony Fauci, goes very into detail, goes back five decades, talking about all of this corruption. And Tony Fauci is largely the architect of that side of it. But he's not, I mean, you can do the same thing He's not the only one.
1: He's not the only one, the the stockholders in the pharmaceutical, the trade association for the pharmaceutical, the politicians who take money from both sides, from the trade association, the employees at the farmer who give money to the people who are running for office, who are gonna protect them, the state legislatures. It, it's like the Catholic church sex scandal. Exactly. Everybody's involved with this, okay? So I'm interested to know, since you're, since you're out in LA, have you seen a shift in the last 18 months in LA for people waking up? Or are they still holding on to, you know, LA the narrative? Kind of shit,
2: Joey. Well, here's the problem. Um, California is the beta test state and LA is the beta test county. Um and unfortunately because we are sort of media based um the the um it's a dependence on the system, right? Like it's existential for these people. So um they are protecting their interest and like I said, they just they can't actually hear anything that would penetrate that bubble. Um it is yeah, no, the the short answer is no, I'm not seeing a shift here. Um, I mean, we have our, you know, individuals that we know, and we uh, certainly there are, as soon as you get outside of LA County, um, you know, the other counties are not, they're not even playing really. I mean, I go to, you know, Orange County and Riverside County, and they're like, yeah, we just don't want anything to do with crazy. So, you know, it really is centered on LA County. And I do think that comes from the fact that, you know the media is a really big, if not the spear tip, uh, component of this whole situation. So when you're a person who's in the media, which largely Hollywood tends to be, and that doesn't mean there aren't exceptions, but largely we have people here who are, you know, functioning as a as a part of the mechanism, and they don't they don't want to, nor really can they see. Uh, how this whole thing is structured, because there some people are, you know, pawns without even realizing they're pawns.
1: You well, know, it's, it's see, I, I look at it a little bit differently because number one, um, I'm in the media. I've been in it for decades, and I know that the days of when Phil Donahue did talk about vaccine safety and he questioned it and he had panels. I know when Mike Wallace was was alive and he was on 60 Minutes and he did a report on a woman who was in in uh, braces because she was. She was injured by a vaccine shot. I know that's years ago. Um, Katie Kirk, okay, did something when she was at NBC on the Today Show. So I mean, this is this this whole narrative about oh, we don't challenge that right. that really is new. All right. It, that is new.
2: The third rail, then it, it is now, and that's by design.
1: Right. It is by design, but it's it and, and then the censorship by you know by the tech companies, which which in fact they're paid, they're clients of pharma, or is their client because they buy time on, on the tech sites. Um, so when we talked in the last 24 hours, the initial reason why you wanted to come on was to talk about the petition. Tell us about the petition that you, that you want people to know about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, what we've done is we've put together a petition. Um, our goal is for 100,000 signatures, I'm sure everybody's aware of the Joe Rogan saga, which has now become f- fairly hilarious with the Neil Young saga, <laughs> the only celebrity right. and cancel himself. Um, so, uh, you know, it, we understand that there was very little chance that Joe Rogan was actually going to be canceled by Spotify. That really wasn't the point. He's making um, too
1: much money for them.
2: Yeah, there. That really wasn't the point. The point is that. This is an intimidation technique that is designed to in- it's designed to scare everyone who's not Joe Rogan. If you participate in this behavior, you are going to suffer the same fate. So what we wanted to do was come back with a stronger narrative from the other side to show first of all, our gratefulness and our support of Spotify for, you know, we understand this also serves their best interest because it's their bottom line and Joe Rogan makes. So we understand there's a um, a certain amount of that, but they also have stood strong when it wasn't so clear and cut and dry. And we're very proud of them. And we're very excited about that. Um, And we wanted to show that there was support from the other side that actually outweighed the support that they're getting from the other side. There was a petition going around from physician physicians who we later found were like mostly <laughs> veterinarians or something. Um, it was ridiculous. Um, we and there were actually, less,
1: my understanding also, Sophia, is that there were less uh, doc people who claimed to be doctors on it than there were lay people. But they but they right. characterized it as people who are part of the medical community.
2: Sure, and that's exactly right as well. So. We wanted to put together um, a strong petition so that we could show Spotify, you know, this is actually the strong base. It is not some idiot in his trailer who doesn't know what day it is. We're talking about some of the leading experts in the world. We're talking about people who are in the trenches, who are treating physicians, who are treating surgeons. They're seeing what they're seeing. And Mm. we want to show that this is... They have the support of as more, if as many, if not more, than the other side is coming in with. We're trying to pressure you to kick off Joe Rogan and censor and become a you know regime. So uh, this is actually the brainchild of a dear friend of mine called uh, his aptly called Jeff, Jeff Brain, <laughs> um, and it's part of uh, Cloud Hub, which is his company, his platform, um, and we within a little over 24 hours we have almost a thousand doctors um actual doctors not veterinarians um right. treating physicians and doctors um we have almost a thousand in a little over 24 hours we have over 6000 signatures from the public um and our public isn't again just some guy in you know who knows where in the backwoods this is our our community is still ex- experts even if they're not doctors so we've got you know nurses and uh, specialists and radiologists and I mean so a lot of these individuals that are signing as public are medical professionals as well we just wanted to keep the actual doctor signatures so there's two if you go to the, if you go to the Spotify I mean if you go to the um, Spotify letter uh, on cloud hub it will have two different delineations so you can sign as a doctor or you can sign as a public Um, and like I said within 24 hours we've got all of these signatures It's it's really um, I think it's going to bolster and give strength to Spotify to understand that they've made the right decision and that they will further have our support as they continue down this. And they don't need to worry about, you know, whatever these guys are going to throw at them. We've got you like we have. Yeah. So
1: this is this is a petition to let Spotify know that the the public and the supporters who signed the petition have Spotify's back.
2: Yeah, and also the physicians that if you want to come at us with however many physicians you say that you have, great. We have more and they're better. Like it's right, so up. My, the, my science up, is better than yours. Let's stupid, up the but. game
1: here. Let's up the game. So so let's let's go for two hundred thousand. Let let's let's give Agreed. it a significant number. Uh you're gonna send us the link. I and mean, do you want to say what the link is right now in the yeah. film? And when we put this out, we're gonna put the link in there.
2: Absolutely. So it's uh dot So c l o u t h u b. dot com slash um uh, wrote a Spotify letter. So it's uh dot slash Spotify letter.
1: Um, All right, and we will include that in our copy when we put we put out know. this. Uh- this, this interview with you and, and and is there anything else you want to add at this point? I mean, other than, you know, are you going to be watching for when, when the trucks roll into Ottawa tomorrow? Uh,
2: I'm so excited about that. I, I will say, you know, I agree with you. I do think that the winds are shifting and I think that's a great thing. And I think we should, you know, take take the wind and and realize you know that this is a this is a a win for humanity and it's a win for both countries and it's a win for moving in that direction i also think we need to be careful about assuming that it's over and we can all go home because the reality I don't I think this is a retreat and regroup I do not think that this is the end of it they have too much to lose there's too much money in this and ultimately this is either going to go one way or the other this has never been about our side versus the other side and trying to go you know we're right and you're that's not what it's about we have been fighting for preventing this country from falling off a cliff into a totalitarian regime and it's either going to go one way way or the other it's either going to do that uh, or well you,
1: to- you know it was very interesting this morning when i when i interviewed james who started the canadian truckers and he had done it last year and then all of a sudden it just galvanized this year and what they have all been saying is every place they go the overpass the side streets you know by the by the, the trans the trans highway that goes across and all of the you know um the roads that are coming in for the convoys, he says it's, it's like a celebration it, 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 and they're going to Ottawa to get their prize and they're not going to leave until all the mandates are lifted. And he said that they're doing it with love. And I think that you know that's, that's what is important, but I agree with you. It's, this is only gonna go one way or the other, but I have a sense that this is, and I've said this since the beginning, it's a winnable war. It is. Because because of the truth, the ethics and the laws on the on the side. And and this is for protecting families and protecting children globally.
2: All about protecting the children. It's all, all about protecting the children. And that's, you know, that historically, if you look at the history of genocide throughout the course of human history, it always comes down to they're after the kids. Always. In that's one right. shape that's right. one arm or another. So we know that's where yeah. that's headed. So we've got to stop it now, otherwise it's off the cliff.
1: Sophia Carson, thank you for joining us. Come back anytime. You know, if you if you've if you've got another project that you that you want people to know about, you're always welcome here.
2: Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much, Christine. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate your promoting this. We think it's gonna be pretty great.
1: Thank you.